As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Huddle podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs. Along with me is TJ Inman, and we're here breaking down Indiana's season opener uh, against Illinois on Friday, September 2nd at 8 p.m. in Bloomington. Uh, The game will be televised on Fox Sports 1, and you can also hear it on the radio on the IU Radio Network. Uh, TJ, it's finally game week. We've been waiting a long time uh, for the the new calendar and new season to start, and it's finally here. Uh, What are your thoughts? Definitely excited. You're right. It's uh, always a long off season. The season is always far too short. Um, I'm sure that as sick as we are of talking about last year, uh, the players and coaches are that, you know, times 10. Uh, I, I know that they are more than ready to get on the field and try to put uh, you know, their best foot forward getting past the disaster that was 2021 and, and really, you know, starting that path to a bowl game. Uh, we've talked about it all off season, how important this game is not just for this season, but for the overall direction of the program. Uh, you know, we got a, a glimpse at Illinois against Wyoming. Um, it's going to be a challenge. I'm ready to see how the Hoosiers respond. Uh, yeah, it's definitely, it's one of these games while we started talking about it, probably in the middle of the season last year, TJ, when it was still Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yep. even if the uh, kind of, thank goodness, they're not playing Northwestern after seeing them against uh, Nebraska. But, um, you know, it, it's it's a big opener. I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a very important for the program. We've seen it, and I think Nate touched on it last night during our roundtable. If you haven't listened to the roundtable, we had – uh, our friends over at Armchair Illinois uh, come come on and, and discuss the game. And, uh, you know, that's the previous podcast, uh, and it's on YouTube as well. But, you know, how uh, momentous the opener is. You go back to 2020, uh, and, and Michael Penix barely crosses the, the line for, for the two-point conversion, uh, and it sends IU skyrocketing and, and Penn State down uh, down the toilet. And then last year, uh, IU goes into Iowa and gets smacked around and really you know you could say they recovered a little bit they had a shot against Cincinnati but they really never recovered from that you know that that loss so it's a huge opener you know it, it's it really is especially given you know with the the money that's coming in from TV whether it's Scott Dolson or not uh, thinks it's a, a windfall or just you know ho-hum uh, there's money coming into the program. And unfortunately, IU football is going to have to justify where that money goes to, um, even though that they need it. So it, it's a huge opener. Plus, it's Illinois. IU hasn't hosted Illinois since 2013. It's a game that I wish was played more often. 
you know, it is on the basketball court. It's, I, I think, a rivalry in basketball, and it should be a rivalry in football, too, as they're, you know, evenly matched programs uh, at, at this time. But it, it's, it's, it's a, a monstrous opener, and, and it should be a good night for football in Bloomington as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it looks like the weather's going to be uh, pretty nice. You never know what you're going to get, but a night game, uh, heat shouldn't be bad at all. Once that sun goes down, hopefully no rain. It doesn't look like there will be any around. Um, you know, at, at this point, I think we are um, ready to kind of analyze this particular matchup. You know, it's, I think we are finally past just being able to talk in generalities and, and as there are so many unknowns with IU, we at least have seen Illinois and can kind of theorize and uh, analyze a little bit about how the Hoosiers match up with them. Um, it's a Brett Bielema team. I mean, they are going to look to run the ball first and foremost. Uh, and they, they start with Chase Brown in that aspect. I mean, uh, one of the better tailbacks that IU is going to see all season. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, they've got a couple of standouts. It was a solid unit last year, uh, and they certainly shut down Wyoming, particularly through the air. Hard to say how much of that was just a really piss-poor Wyoming team and how much of it was a great defensive performance from Illinois. We're going to find out on Saturday or on, on Friday night, though, um, and kind of be able to to see for ourselves how far the Indiana offense has progressed. Um, I think the first question that we have to ask is, you know, who's going to line up at quarterback and how are they going to look? I mean, that's, it is the, the obvious starting point and it's a bit um, simple and basic, but it's so critical to your success as an offense. And as of today, Tom Allen knows, um, who that quarterback is going to be that lines up. We don't know if he, you know, consulted with Jim Harbaugh and that they maybe went through some King Solomon wisdom together or not. Hard to say. I hope that there's no splitting of any babies going on in Ann Arbor or Bloomington. Uh, but we're going to find out who that quarterback winner is, who gets that first crack. And they need to come out. And I, this is going to be kind of my first key. Walt Bell has to get that offense settled in early. The, the way that the season started last year, it was bad from the get-go. They never got settled in Iowa City. They have to figure out a way to come out in the first couple of drives and get into a rhythm on offense. Yeah, I think that's huge. You know, maybe you see Tom Allen take the ball on offense just to – to get them out there, get their feet wet and, and, you know, take a dip in the, in the pool, but uh, he, he won't do that. He's going to put his defense on, on, on the field first, try and get a three and out and and go from there or take away. Mm -hmm. Uh, Going back to Illinois against Wyoming, Wyoming's not good. Uh, They were good last year. They lost, they lost everybody. I believe their coaching staff was like recruiting people on Twitter like six weeks before fall camp opened or something. It was ridiculous. Um, yeah. But uh, they 
it was 17-6 in the third quarter. Illinois kind of kept them around. They they never really put the, the game away early, uh, but they did late. Uh, the the guy I think everybody's going to have their their eyes on for IU is Chase Brown. Um, the number two running back Josh McCray is ruled out for the game on Saturday for Illinois. He's their bigger back, but Chase Brown uh, he had three touchdowns last week against Illinois. He's a really good back. He's looking, you know, looking for back to back thousand yard seasons. He can go yep. off at, at any time. He's the guy that in the defensive meeting room, you say, hey, they're, he's not beating us. Uh, I, I thought Tommy DeVito was efficient, um, but, you know, he, he completed, I think, 29 passes for 194 yards or something like that. So he it's he's not a big – he didn't show the big play quarterback, but, again, it was week zero, and I don't know how much Illinois um, – you know, held close to the chest because it did look like Illinois' offense yeah. from years past, not a uh, a, a Lunny run offense that he ran at, at uh, UTSA. So we'll see. But for IU, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, TJ. It's getting in rhythm, making sure you made the right decision at quarterback, whoever wh- whomever it is, uh, it, and, you know, getting on the board first starting some with some positive vibes and just don't let that doubt um, from last year creep in. Cause if they fall behind, you know, this crowd is going to start moaning and groaning and, you know, get restless pretty early. So I, I think a fast start's imperative for IU, but, you know, watching that Illinois game, I, I do think Indiana has the better roster. Illinois is not bad. But I, I do, you know, you look at their wide receivers. I think IU secondary is, is better than their wide receivers. Um, you look at their offensive line uh, and IU's defensive line. I think IU has the advantage there. They have the advantage in special teams. Um, and we'll see if they have the advantage on uh, with the quarterback. Because usually the best quarterback wins these games. And if IU has the... The better quarterback, I think they're going to win. So uh, let's go to to matchup to watch, TJ. What matchup are you keying in on um, for IU on on Friday night? Yeah, this is really throwing darts because there are so many that we just have major question marks about, not in whether or not IU is capable, just how it's going to look. So many question marks with the changeover in, in personnel uh looking at this though i'm very interested to see how i use passing game does against that illinois secondary cortavius martin and i'm sure i mispronounced that um very good corner one of the better ones in the big 10 had a really good week last week illinois probably their uh defensive player of the game wyoming got absolutely nothing going through the passing game again that is probably part Illinois and part Wyoming. Um, Early betting tip, I would bet against Wyoming early and often uh, this season until the lines adjust accordingly because I don't see them having any success against pretty much anybody um, on their schedule. But I'm very interested to see how I use new receivers plus C.J. Matthews uh, coming back from injury and whoever's up at quarterback with this new offensive system how does this IU passing attack 
go against this uh, pretty good Illinois secondary. I do think that there's a sliver of hope here uh, in that Wyoming game. Uh, They were able to run the ball pretty effectively against Illinois. They got some good quarterback run play from Peasley, and they had a a running back that averaged, I think it was like 5.6 yards a carry uh, for the Cowboys, which to get that despite having basically no aerial attack at all, uh, is a pretty good sign that maybe IU can have some success on the ground. So maybe a, a boost of confidence early for the running game opens up that passing game. That's my matchup to watch is the IU passing game against the Illinois secondary. Yeah, my matchup to watch is Cam Jones against Chase Brown. Um, Cam Jones is IU's stinger linebacker. He's going to try and, and make up for the loss of, of Micah McFadden, although they, they played different positions. Um, he's going to be watching Chase Brown. I, I wouldn't call it a spy, but he's right. he's going to be keyed in on, on what Chase Brown is doing uh, when he has the ball. And, um, you know, he I think Cam Jones is probably IU's best overall defensive player, uh, at least up there. Um, you're not putting Tywin Mullen on him. You're not putting, you know, anybody else. Uh, but him, uh, you know, Cam Jones and, and Noah Pierre are going to have to play a big role in this game to, to stop the Illinois run game. Because make them pass against IU secondary. That That's um, that's the key. And if, if Cam Jones can contain Chase Brown then and, and make Tommy DeVito throw, I, I like IU's chances here. Yep. Yeah, there it is. I think IU's defensive game plan, and this is not unique to Illinois. This is, I mean, you're, you're approaching most games this way. You want to limit them on first and second down, force Illinois into passing situations and make Tommy DeVito and those wide receivers, which again, I think they're okay. Uh, you know, Isaiah Williams, probably the best of that group. They're, they're good blocking wide receivers, as you have to be if you're going to get on the field for Brett Bielema. Uh, they're physical, but I don't see any real potential game breakers uh, or, or deep threats. But if you can get them into those obvious passing situations, hopefully tee off and force DeVito into some mistakes uh, on third downs, and I think you, that's your game plan on the side of the ball. And you're right, you able to do that. You've got to be able to slow down Chase Brown and prevent him from hitting those big plays or just picking up those solid chunk yardage, those six, seven yards on first down, setting them up for easy second and third down conversions. Uh, yeah, it, it's containing Chase Brown is the key. And if you could keep them out of the end zone and settle for longer field goals, that even better because their field goal game is, is shaky. Uh, TJ, if Indiana is going to win this game, what are two keys that, that they need to take care of? Yeah, I think we the, the one for me is going to be limit Chase Brown, which then in turn forces Tommy DeVito to make plays to beat you. Not saying he can't, but that is the plan of attack for sure. You would rather have that happen than let Chase Brown go off. Uh, like I said, picking up six, seven yards a pop. Um, key number two for me, that Indiana's got to be able to accomplish is avoid the bad start. 
Um, you mentioned get off to a fast start. For me, it's even, uh, I'll even set a lower bar than that. Just avoid a bad start. Get into the game, get into a rhythm without falling into a hole. And, and I, I think I'll feel pretty good about things. Um, I, I think that what we saw last year a couple of times was, especially at Iowa, got off to such a bad start, you never gave yourself a chance. Um, and that, that throws the game plan out the window and really plays right into Illinois' hands as well. If you let them get a lead, uh, a Brett Bielema team with a lead is a problem. Um, so for me, that's the, the second kind of key thing for Indiana is avoid that bad start, get into a rhythm, get your feet wet, get those opening game nerves out, um, and then build that confidence from there. Um, and I'll, I'll add a third key in here, and I think it is a, an important one. Indiana's got to create some takeaways. Um, they need to help the offense get into some good positions with some takeaways. That would be great. Give the offense some short field to build some confidence in themselves. Um, and then that defense, I mean, that's what they've talked about all offseason is getting back to the kind of defense that Tom Allen wants to have. And that involves forcing those takeaways. So that, that has to start opening night. Yeah, those are, are three really good keys and, and probably covers most of it, uh, if not all of it. Um, I, I think one thing we haven't covered is Indiana's got to win the special teams battle too. Uh, this is a game where the teams are pretty even uh, in terms of, uh, you know, expectations and, and maybe talent, all-around talent. Um, you have a, a game-breaker punt returner at, with DJ Matthews. I, I think, you you know, maybe David Holloman gives you a spark at, at kick return uh, and things like that. I think that's an area where IU could take advantage, especially if Illinois kicks it short. I have to rewatch that game uh, again to see how, how their kicker is. But um, – the guys on, on the round table yesterday said he, he struggled on kickoffs. So I'll take their word for it. Uh, it that might be an area where IU could take advantage. Um, and then yeah. definitely in the field goal game, uh, because their kicker, anything over 40, some, uh, you know, 40, 42 yards, anything over that. And it's a crap shoot for them. Um, they're, they're, breaking in a new punter as well. Now, for IU, I think James Evans needs to be more consistent. He has a monster leg. He's, you know, for a guy who most of the, you know, some of the time was hitting 13-yard punts, average 42 yards, 42.9 yards on the season. So um, he does have a big leg, but he's got to be consistent, and they can't have any catastrophic, catastrophic failures on on that uh, on that unit, you can't give Illinois a short field because they returned a, a kick or a punt, um, and you can't you, you or or you, uh, James Evans shanked the punt, and you can't leave points on the field, missing field goals, uh, and things like that. Uh, second key for me is get the offensive rhythm, get some confidence, um, and things like that. Like you said don't get off to a bad start. I think that's the key there is you gotta, you gotta have some confidence show, show this team that they could go out 
and move down the field and put points on the board. And you just hope it's a touchdown um, and, and things like that. Um, outside of that, it's control your emotions. We've seen IU uh, hype up games before and just completely fall flat on their face, kind of like they did at Iowa last year. Um, so it's control your emotions, get into the game, but don't don't make the moment bigger than it is. It's a it's an opener. It's going to be tricky, um, and, and things like that. But don't don't make the moment too big. It's not the Super Bowl. It's not the national title. Take a you know one play at a time, one drive at a time, and and I think IU gets out of there uh, with the win, and and then you could start you know stacking some wins against Idaho and and hopefully Western Kentucky. Right. Yep. Yep. Certainly. First things first. Um, and I, I do think that the way that this game starts, well, certainly, you know, we'd be wise not to overreact to first drive results in no points. We'd be wise not to panic and say, oh, no, the offense is terrible again. Uh, you know, I it would do absolute wonders if Indiana could uh, could establish themselves early in this contest for sure. Yes, it, it would. Uh, TJ, let's get to uh, predictions. Uh, what's your prediction yep. for, for Friday night? Well, I think that any prediction is a complete fool's errand, um, particularly this early in the season with so many changes, so many unknowns. That being said, um, we are kind of in the business of, of doing that. And I'm, I, I just have a strange feeling that may be completely incorrect and look really stupid by the end of Friday night. However, I, I do think that this Indiana team is really, really, I, I think, almost hurt by the way that they performed last season, embarrassed, perhaps, uh, by, by how things fell so completely apart in 2021. And I think that that has fueled the off season. It has been a, a quiet off season for those that say, just stop talking and go do it. There's been no talking from Indiana, none. We've had a complete lack of information uh, coming out of, of Bloomington. We, we have no clue how things are going to go. And I think that the the complete lack of expectations on the outside sets up from an intangible standpoint perfectly for this IU team to really surprise people. I'm not suggesting they're going to bounce back and win eight games. I'm not suggesting it's going to be an amazing season. I do think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I do think that Indiana comes out and plays very well and very hard on Friday night, I've got the Hoosiers winning this one in a close contest, 27 to 21, to get off to the 1 and 0 start. Uh, yeah, that's my feeling too. Is that they took last season personally? Um, you know, I know people get upset at the LEO, and like, first of all, get get a life. Um, second of all. They have, you're right. They haven't talked. They haven't, you know, um, 
there, there's been no we're we're deserved to be in the top fifteen or top twenty five. There's there's nothing. It's all been right. We're working hard. We're being more physical uh, and, and things like that. Now they do have their word for the year, which is build, and each player had their one word. But there has been no no talk about we're confident we're going to win Big Ten champs or, you know, we should have been in the Big Ten title game in 2020. There's been none of that. I think they got their slice of, of humble pie uh, last year, uh, and it's showing. Uh, I do think Indiana is a more talented team. Uh, it's to, to me, it's it's pr- pretty obvious. I, I think at every level, they're probably better than Illinois. And yeah, Illinois has a good running game, but their offensive line struggled. Um, even though they didn't give up a sack, I I, I think that Indiana's defensive line could take advantage there, uh, especially if they they come up with some blitz schemes and, and get back to what Allen wants to do. They have the advantage on special teams. Uh, and, and we'll see. I Whoever it is, I think Jack Tuttle is probably better than Tommy DeVito. And I think Connor Basilak is better than Tommy DeVito. Uh, you know, Sean Shivers should be a pretty, pretty physical runner and things like that. I, I'm going to take IU uh, 28 and Illinois 17. Um, I, I that's I wasn't overly impressed with Illinois uh, against Wyoming. Maybe that's because the Northwestern Nebraska game was so exciting, and I was just like, okay. But you know, you're nervous about the game because we haven't seen IU play since Purdue, and they were god awful against Purdue. But again, um, it's it, there's just a different vibe. Uh, so I'm going to take IU. Them being at home is a big deal as well. Uh, and feeding off uh, which should be a pretty decent crowd at, at around uh, over 40,000. So that's a good Friday night crowd for, for IU. And if they could get going early, they'll, they'll get that crowd behind them. Hopefully a large, large and loud student crowd. Uh, and uh, IU walks out of there, they're a winner. And, and we could change the vibes of the podcast too. Instead of uh, drowning our sorrows, uh, we, we could celebrate and, and talk about a win for the first time since uh, what was it, late September last season? Yeah, that would be most welcome. You know, if nothing else, Indiana, just give us that. If nothing else, give us that. I mean, yep. if we we would prefer not to have to wait for Idaho. Let's let's get off on the right foot. And like you said, it, it's an opportunity to to build a nice little start uh, with with Idaho and Western Kentucky on deck. Uh, you know, get yourself some some momentum and really do a 180 on the feelings around the the whole program. So uh, it's a big one. I'm fired up, and um, there's going to be so much for us to analyze and unpack um, after this game. I, I really wish it was against, like I wish they opened against Idaho, so that we could maybe spend a bit more time during the game, like focusing on who's playing where and who's doing what and, you know, what the new faces look like uh, in their new spots. Um, It's going to take maybe three or four uh, viewings this weekend of this game on Friday night to really be able to unpack everything that we see. So I'm really excited. Hopefully everybody else is too. And 
Uh, we're going to have everything possible coverage-wise before the game and after the game, so stick with us. I, I appreciate you guys being with us all off season, and uh, hopefully it's going to pay off with the nice uh, 2022. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for everybody for sticking with us. I know um, it, it could be tough sometimes, especially something that, that we all enjoy. And um, when it's not going going the right way, it's kind of becomes, a, you know, a, an obligation or, or something like that. So, but I do want to make one last point, TJ. Um, again, on how big this game is, we saw in week zero, the narrative on Scott Frost was he couldn't win close games. He messes up. And then everybody picked, you know, a lot of people, Kurt Herbstreit picked um, them to win the West. Uh, after the yeah. first drive, they were like, oh, this is a new Nebraska. Uh, and then all of a sudden they onside kick up 11. And imagine that Northwestern recovered it without having their hands team on the field. I, I, I thought uh-huh. that was impossible. Um, but they, it's back to Scott Frost is done. You know, he stinks and everything like that. My point being is that IU's got to change the narrative again. It's back to, they did it in 2019 when they beat Maryland in a game that yep. we've seen them time and time again lose. Well, last year, you know, brought back a lot of bad memories and kind of changed the narrative negatively. Uh, IU's got to come out and, and put those ghosts back to sleep and, and get some confidence back. So hopefully they do that. We'll have it all covered um, on Twitter at Hoosier underscore huddle on online at HoosierHuddle.com as well. We'll have post-game stuff, pre-game stuff. Uh, and if you're down in Bloomington at the game, stop by uh, the Hoosier Huddle assembly call tailgate run by Brian Tonsoni uh, in lot 1011 right behind the practice fields. Uh, we'll be happy to see you. Uh, Brian's a good guy, uh, and there's some good people at that tailgate as well. So anyway, TK, thanks for uh, co-hosting, and uh, you know we'll be back next week uh, to talk a, a win. We'll have our post-game uh, podcast on Sunday, roundtable on Monday, and again, our regular podcast on on tuesday previewing the game uh enjoy the game glad football's back again iu kicks off against illinois and bloomington on fox sports one at 8 p.m uh friday night absolutely have a good week everybody enjoy the the last uh, couple days before the season kicks off let's get after it go hoosiers Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. 
The way car buying should be. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.